It's episode 133 of Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in the home of Carly Cunningham, owner and creator of Strawberry Moon Beads. Thank you so much for having me. Ooh, thank you for having me on. This is going to be fun. Uh, yes, this is going to be <laughs> super fun. And first things first, Carly's willing to take a tequila shot with me. I can't guarantee how it's going to go down. No worries. No pressure. To Carly. Ooh, not this bad. It's been a long time since I've done that. <laughs> it's not bad though. It's not bad tequila. <laughs> no, I uh, I don't know what it is about tequila. I've just always liked it, and uh, it's one of the few liquors that I can drink. Like I can take shots back to back and be okay as long as I don't mix. So that's oh, why it's my drink of choice. That makes sense. Yes, I feel like tequila is a dark road. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least for me, I try, I try to stay away from, uh, you know, liquor. But absolutely, I did enjoy that. That was great. Excellent. <laughs> no, well, I know a lot of people like have like this feeling or this uh, like association with tequila, and I'm like, just give her a chance. No, this tequila is, change is good. I just feel like it's a dark road, man. <laughs> I got I gotta stay in the lane with beer because if I go anywhere else, who knows what's I, gonna happen? I, I, yes, and I've definitely heard those stories from people too. Uh, so, Carly, how did you end up in Corpus? Um, okay, so my husband and I were actually in the military. And uh, he is a local. He's from here. Okay. He grew up here. So we were stationed a couple different places, and then we ended up in Kodiak, Alaska. Wow. And we weren't due to rotate. Like, I had just gotten out of the Coast Guard, mm -hmm. and uh, he was still in. He had, like, one more year, and they just, like, surprised orders on him. And they're like, hey, do you want to go to Corpus? We know you're from there. And he was like, wow. oh, yeah, I want to go to Corpus. So that's how we ended up here. Okay. Yeah. Had you ever been here before? I visited here once um, before we moved here to like see his parents and stuff, and like mm -hmm. before we got married, I met them and all that. Mm -hmm. But I love Corpus, man. Yes, it's nice here. Yes, <laughs> I love Corpus too. So where are you originally from? Um, Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Yeah, I kind of claim just anywhere up north there because we moved a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Washington State. Quite a different change. Sorry, my okay. dogs are wild no, out. No, this is great. Okay, y'all. So she has the most amazing, beautiful dogs that y'all got in Alaska, right? Yes. Oh. And their names are Zeke and Sage. Yes. Yeah, and they're just so beautiful. And I love having them out here and around. Like, the energy here is just fantastic. Zeke, come here. No, he's so great. Okay. Yeah. He was sleeping for, like, a second, and then I don't know what happened. That's okay. They're just being rambunctious. Come here. Sage, come here. I think they're showing off because there's a guest. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're like, someone who is here, I got to be as loud as possible. Yeah. No, there's been a few times whenever I've recorded my podcast, and my dog will just start barking for no reason. Like, literally, it, like, air. Like, he doesn't even have a friend to be barking at. Like, oh. he just, yeah, just starts tripping. The ghost in the house. The go uh, you know what? That's pro <laughs> Don't even get me started on the ghost in the house, girl. So what was it like growing up in Washington? Um, I mean, Washington is cool. I grew up in kind of like um, a farm-ish area. <laughs> Zeke, I'm going to let you outside or something. Um, Oh, I'm going to dig into the snacks, too, by the way. Yeah, Carly here, hooked me, me up with snacks it. because she's the freaking sweetest. <laughs> I'm just going to put my hand on it. I got a pet Zeke. Go for keep it. Keep him, like, sated. Mm -hmm. um, no, Washington was cool. I grew up kind of like a farm town-ish area. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really think much about it now because I feel like I've moved a lot because I joined the Coast Guard when I was 18. Wow. So, like, I'm 26 now. <laughs> I did five years. Um so I don't know. I feel like I just kind of sort of have forgotten what it's even like up there. Mm -hmm. And like I visit every once in a while, but um, I don't know. 
okay, so I know I keep gushing over your house, but I'm just like obsessed with it. It's uh, off Alameda and where are we? Where am I? Off of, um, I had to cross. Santa Fe. Santa Fe. Yes. We're in between. Yes. It's yeah. just really, really nice. So again, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, thank you so much. I really love this house. Like, I was so happy we found it when we moved here because we were living with this parent's house for a little bit. And mm-hmm. then this place came up and we were like, oh, we need to get this place right now. Mm-hmm. And we swooped in. We were like super lucky. It's a beautiful house. It's really, really, really cool. Yeah, this is like my dream area. It always has been. I live like way south. Um, well, that's not exactly true. But, you know, I always wanted to live on this side of the freeway and especially in this area. So y'all did the right thing by moving over here. Yeah, and I'm like super thankful Chris knew like the spot to be <laughs> because mm-hmm. like when I visited, I didn't really understand the difference between like the South side and this side mm-hmm. and like this side. World I of never, difference. Yeah. I never crossed SBID. <laughs> I say like lucky. right over here. You're so lucky. <laughs> no, it's not bad over there. Like that's where my family is. I guess it's okay. No. Yeah. I mean, Chris's family is there too. So we're over there all the time, but I'm like, man, if I don't have to be, I'm just going to stay in my little bubble. Yes. I, I would. I mean, you're so close to the water too. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carly also showed me her uh, studio, which is a, amazing and just filled with so many you know inspiring uh you know art and and all of her pieces and everything and so when did you get into beadwork specifically so beadwork you know it's an interesting thing because like my family obviously has done it um for hundreds of years right and see that's quite a statement right you don't hear (laughs) too many guests say that so if you would i would love to hear more detail yeah i mean my great 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 grandparent or yeah great great grandparents um were making beautiful beadwork pieces were fully and they are from canada so like our tribe um is kind of like sprawled in between canada and washington state like the Caville tribe is kind of separated and then there's also like i have family that's part of the penticton tribe in canada wow so our family is kind of just like all spread out in between this area and like you know they've been doing beadwork for forever and uh, my great grandmother was, I think, the last one who actually like consistently beaded. And my grandmother, I think, she just didn't really have the time to pick it up. Um, and my mom, I think, dabbled in it. Like I have a mm-hmm. couple pairs of earrings from her. Wow. Um, but yeah, like in high school, I just kept thinking like I need to reconnect in some way because I didn't grow up on the res. So I was like, I feel like I'm not as part of the culture as I want to be. And like we go to pows and stuff, but it's like not the same as mm-hmm. like as like being there and being in it of course so i taught myself how to bead and like wow <laughs> i learned on like a loom i don't have you seen one of those before they sell them on like craft stores i, I mean i i'm thinking of a loom like in the really traditional sense not in like the beading sense it's like so bootleg it's like okay what are you doing <laughs> um uh but yeah it's like this really like you can find them at craft stores it's a really rudimentary loom and i bought one of those and i was like well i'm gonna learn how to do this is the basics i'm gonna learn how to do loom beadwork which is you you stretch um string across this loom and you line beads up and you bead that way you can make like necklaces and hat bands and bracelets wow like a flat line beadwork so that was kind of like my starting into it and uh also i think that's where I figured out patterns and colors, like what will look good together. Mm-hmm. But also being an artist for a really long time helped with that. But that's kind of where I figured out how beads and like the placement because loom beadwork is very like line by line by line. And I feel like the beadwork I do now is very like freeform. Like mm-hmm. I'm just smiling out. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know? Yes. So that's where I started. I made a bunch of cool pieces and I was giving them away to like friends and stuff. And uh, I made some pieces for my like high school graduation. 
And then um, I went to the mill, like I joined the Coast Guard and rolled out of there quick and I really didn't have time to beat at all. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't doing any bead work for like maybe two or three years. And then my husband, Chris and I, when we were in Alaska, I started making earrings for myself again. So I was yes. like, yeah, I started, I had free time, like for the first time ever. So I started making myself earrings and I made a bunch of stuff and I would like wear it all the time and I'd get compliments. Like anytime we went out, which is like not a lot of places in Kodiak and it's like <laughs> one bar, you know, but people, that, yeah. people really liked it. So I was like, oh man, that's cool. Like people are vibing with what, I, what I'm making. And uh, at that time, which was like in 2018. Yes, thank, I love timelines. So thank you for telling me when that was. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could go back again and talk about all the art stuff. Yes, like, well, I want to because I had no idea. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I did have an inkling actually. <laughs> yeah, but like in 2018, um, shoot, where was I going with that? That you had been making stuff um, in Alaska. Right, okay, so. You'd go out, people would compliment. Yes, in 2018, I was like, I need to start an Instagram and I should sell. And uh, Chris, my husband, was like, oh, you should really do this. Like, let's take some pictures. And then I kind of thought about it, but I'm, like, very self-conscious. And, like, it's weird with art because I feel like I've always been, like, way too self-critical. Mm -hmm. And I really just didn't feel like I could sell my pieces. So I just kind of let it die there. And I was like, well, I'm just oh, not going to. Oh, no. Yeah, I was just kind of like this, you know, I'm just going to make stuff for myself and mm -hmm. maybe, like, for family members. So I put it on pause. And then I had also just left the Coast Guard. So also, I had all this free time now. I had mm -hmm. even more free time. So, you know, more beating happened. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love is that beating never went away. It was always like, you'd kind of be like, okay, well, it's fine, it's fine. And then it would just always come back. Anytime you had like that little bit of extra time, you always gravitated to beating. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, man, I think beating is so, beating is like such an interesting thing because it's like, I feel like in a lot of indigenous cultures, it's a, a form of medicine. Like you bead to kind of ground yourself, you feel better. It's like a whole process. And then when you gift that piece of beadwork, that person has those feelings with you, mm -hmm. you know, or with them. So like, uh, you know, it's cool. <laughs> it's really cool. I mean, it's really neat that you're able to, I mean, that it's literally like a cultural staple. Like, it's been, it's something that's been around oh, for you. Man. And also, shout out for anybody listening to this, there's a billion, inst like, Instagram indigenous beaters also mm -hmm. who are making badass, cool stuff. You just need to look at the tags. Like, if you look at my Instagram, look at my tags, like, go and you'll find a hundred other beaters that are indigenous that are making the coolest stuff and probably sell through Etsy or their Instagram or their own website. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a whole world of beadwork that I feel like. A lot of people don't know about and i think it's very like inter um like if you're native and you know like other natives you'll be able to find what you want right you know yes so i feel like if you're interested in my work please look at the tags you'll find so many other cool artists who are doing way cooler things and like x y and z well that is really fucking cool for you to be doing that kind of shout out i mean because yes we we all need to know who you are and what you're doing because holy <laughs> shit and i know i told you this already but i'm gonna tell the story again i don't know who <laughs> shared it <clears throat> whoever you are thank you someone shared strawberry moonbeads giveaway in their stories so I see it and I'm like, you know, I, I always want to check it out because if they're local, I, I want to know who they are. And then I see everything that she's making and I'm just blown away and everything's sold out. <laughs> everything. Because she does have a link to her website on her Instagram page. 
and everything is sold out. So I'm like, okay, you know, and then she makes a drop. I don't know when, like maybe a <laughs> month later, I see it like after an hour after she posted it, everything's sold out. And I realized that the only way to get my hands on her stuff was to actually set alerts to know <laughs> when she posts. There's a handful of people that I that I follow like that, and she is one of them. And I finally snagged a pair. How did I not know about you? How long? How long have you been in Corpus? Man, you're really hyping me up. But it's the <laughs> truth. I, like I will show you. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I've been in Corpus for like uh, 2019, maybe two years i don't know man time doesn't okay. exist you mm-hmm. know but <laughs> we've been we've been here for you know maybe two years i think I, mm-hmm. I don't know um but my thing is like i started my instagram in june of last year like right when COVID hit and all of my sales because like all of us other like indigenous people there's already a big beating community so my sales took off because we're all buying each other's stuff you know and kind of hyping each other up wow so like I was in this community who would sell me out every time either way. So then I was kind of like, well, I'm doing exclusively online sales. I really need to like branch out to the Corpus market because I'm living in Corpus. I'm going to probably live here forever because my husband's from here. Mm -hmm. So I need to meet people. I need to like be in the community and I need people to like see beadwork. Yes. So I don't know what happened, but like maybe the giveaways are what gave me some type of like, uh, I don't know. People were seeing it more. Mm-hmm. And especially the Corpus people because I started actually getting orders in Corpus because I'm telling you, all my orders were everywhere else. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better, okay? Because yeah. I'm like, How, was I sleeping on her? And also, I didn't know. When I went to markets, people were like, are you local? Like, they're confused because, like, understandably so. Yes. I feel like beadwork is... I think, I'm not sure, but I think I'm the only indigenous bead artist in Corpus. That I know about. Currently. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like people are just like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And like, are you even from here? (laughs) Do you even go here? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I saw that you were at the People's Market Mm -hmm. pop-up. So how long have you been doing pop-ups? I did my third one. The People's Market was my third one. Okay. So not very long. Because like you said, I guess you haven't been here terribly long. So I guess the pop-ups would soon follow, but not, you haven't done a ton because you're just Mm -hmm. getting getting out there. What was your first pop-up like? Uh, oh, I did the good market. Okay. Um, it was, it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was cool. I really liked it, but I think like, I'm really goofy. (laughs) I think I I have a hard time talking to people. So like trying to sell people on what I'm making is difficult for me. Like it's hard for me to explain what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, except this is the one rare (laughs) occurrence. Like if I'm talking to somebody at a market, I really struggle like explaining to them what it is. And I don't like telling people that I'm native, like from the, from the jump because Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be like a token thing. Of course. Like I don't want you to buy something just because I'm native. Of course. So like, People would ask me like what it was and like I feel like because I have such an anime driven ex- like aesthetic, I think people are just a little confused. You know, like they think it's for kids or something. Really? Yeah, I had some weird comments. Like, Interesting. I had a really like just not great experience with like a certain person at the good market that just kind of threw me off and I was like, should I weird. even be like selling? I don't know. Like are people going to oh, get it? Oh no, you don't let I mean? pe- yeah, that that is so frustrating. And I'm sure they just said it out of ignorance, you yeah, know? Yeah, like you just don't know. I don't hold it against them. They're like an older person who's just like 
you know, this isn't my taste or like, is this for kids? Mm-hmm. Like weird comments like that. And like, I get it because my the stuff I make is like very anime driven. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, big and bold and vibrant and colorful and amazing. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but that's what I make. Like in my world, everything is pink and giant, Yeah, you know, and sparkly. <laughs> so I think, you know, connecting with people and like certain people just aren't going to like it, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I understand that. And that's okay. But that's kind of like how that first experience <laughs> went for me. And I was like, I don't know, man. But then I did a um, clean hair salons pop up, mm-hmm. which was really fun. And Chris came and helped me like set up and hung out with me. And like, it was a good time. And I was right next to Taylor. Oh, awesome. From La Brujita. Yes. And I bought a candle from her because it was pink. Yeah. And I'm very about it. <laughs> she's, she's all about pink. Yeah. She was super sweet. And um, Sydney, who was helping her, they're really cool. Also, shout out to everybody that I've met at markets because they've been Mm -hmm. super, 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 super nice. Really, really cool. And like, I don't really know anybody like on a personal level because I'm new to Corpus, but like everybody I've met just in passing has been really, really nice. I love that. And really, really sweet. That makes me happy. Yeah, because the local scene and the local support I feel is really thriving like we want to see people do well we want to see i mean especially people with talent like yourself (laughs) uh that make really unique pieces um we corpus needed something like this i'm born and raised from here right and so to see what corpus has become because i'm sure your husband has told you like what it used to be like and like what it's kind of becoming uh yeah so to see you know pop-ups and people making unique handmade jewelry that are here doing it is it blows my mind, like because growing up, it was all about what's in department stores or boutiques. Not that there's anything oh. wrong with that, but you know, there wasn't like the handmade element to it per se. It was all very, you know, they were bought and brought from somewhere else. Well, I feel like Corpus also has like a very um, like blossoming art scene, mm-hmm. which is badass. Yes, like I'm from a place that you know there's an overabundance of that, and maybe it's kind of like you know here or there. But like Corpus is really interesting because the art scene here and like the community driven art scene is badass like there's a lot of really cool people making cool stuff here yes and getting like attention you know which is cool and i think social media is a huge part of that it's really promoting like the best of the best and like you get to see the coolest stuff also um skeleton key yes next to her at the people's market super sweet Shout out to her. She's very nice. Emma. Yeah, Emma's (laughs) awesome. Emma was so nice. Yes. It's just, you know, I think I've, so I've never been a vendor at one of these things, right? But I think there's a real big community and people who are at pop-ups together and like posted up together and, you know, representing. And everybody is making super cool shit. So Mm -hmm. I'm very about it. Yes. Yourself also. So you said that everything's anime inspired. So tell me a little bit more about that. And I want to go into, (laughs) you know, the artistic background that you have. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something. So I grew up in Washington State, and Mm -hmm. my dad, obviously Washington State, but I think there's also, there were a lot of video game stores back in the day when I was growing up, like in overabundance. (laughs) And it was all like, there's a lot of Asian imported games. And my dad used to play video games um, growing up, so thank God he did, because, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) crazy amount of inspiration that came from that. But like, so he used to take us to these game stores when when I was little, and I would see posters of like anime on the wall. They used to have these weird wall scrolls, which are like, you know, questionable, but they were cool. No, I, I, <laughs> I had the same kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah they were cool. Mm-hmm. But um, so I used to see all that stuff and I used to get these weird like Japanese games when I was a kid. And like that kind of opened the floodgate 
to me learning about like Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. and then watching all these weird anime on Adult Swim mm-hmm. and uh, just the whole gig, dude. Like I got real deep. And uh, also I feel like growing up, I didn't really have like a big friend group. So I think when you kind of don't have friends, you turn towards media. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You I do. Start, you start getting real deep into media. And that was totally what happened for me. I played so many video games. I like is dark past man. I play a lot of video games, watch <laughs> not, a lot of anime. Not at all, but you're you're so right. Like I I recall, is. you know, being anime was my thing, you know, but I it was more like Sailor Moon and then whatever my older brother was into. So mm-hmm. like Mobile Suit Gundam and uh I have a Gundam Robotech. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah. Have oh you watched God. have you seen G Gundam? G Gundam is we used to broadcast on Toonami. Um, back in like early 2000s, late 1990s or whatever. And uh, there was this Gundam who looked like Sailor Moon. What? The Nobel Gundam and G Gundam. She had like a book. Anyways, I have a tattoo of her. Okay, that's amazing. She's like my icon. Yeah, she sounds amazing. That and like Digimon, some Digimon characters. I'm like, I'm going to get those tattooed because that was iconic. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but truly, because like, I mean, I maybe I think in Washington it was a little bit more like prevalent for you Mm -hmm. to see this kind of stuff anything in in small town corpus because it was super small town when i was growing up it would be what was in comic book stores and what my brother i don't even know how it had to have been through the comic stores that he would get like the vhs's of some of the anime that was the only way that we could see anything did you guys have a blockbuster down here yes some of those they were wilding out with anime and blockbuster Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you could rent one of those they'd be like rated r man Watch but it's watch. animated. Yeah, I know, right? So that's, that's how I took my parents because I would go and pick out like I'd pick it out and it would have like a super colorful cover. Yes. And then my mom would rent it for us. It'd be some wild man. Like wild. Definitely should not be watching. For sure. We watched it. Yeah. Oh it god, hype. so did we. Yeah. I mean yeah. looking back on it, I'm like it still holds up. Like I still have some of the VHSs. I will not give them away. But I totally Yeah, but I totally get, you know, uh falling into that world, right? When maybe like you know, interacting with others isn't going so good for whatever reason. Totally fucking been there. Oh, yeah, man. I think that was a big part of it. My family life was, you know, a little hit or miss. And, like, also, I didn't have a lot of friends. So it was like, okay, well, what am I going to do with my spare time? How about play Banjo-Kazooie on my Nintendo 64 <laughs> for the next, like, 48 hours? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. And I also got into building Gundam models. So I was, like, doing that. Wow. Also, on top of that, I was doing art. So I was drawing literally every single day. So it was, like... My whole life was consumed by just weeb stuff, anime, goonery, you know. But you know what's funny is that, you know, I, I don't I don't know how old you are. I'm thirty five. <clears throat> I'm twenty six. Okay, so yeah, you're you're fairly young, but still it sounds like our our uh, childhoods were similar. Mm-hmm. Um when I was growing up, that wasn't really considered to be cool either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my yeah. my friends' parents thought it was super weird that like I wanted anime stuff. Like would they buy me a Christmas present or a birthday present? But now it's everywhere, and everybody was a closet anime fan or a manga fan or whatever, which I think is really interesting because now you've incorporated this into yeah, what you're doing now. Like the e girl aesthetic, I feel like takes a lot of traits from that for sure. Um, yeah, you know what? I just had uh, one of Chris's friends came over and was asking me about that because he went into my craft room and he saw my um, I have some animation cells from like some anime that i really really like they're like my prized possessions he Mm -hmm. saw them and he was like and you must be like you were in deep weren't you and i was like yeah (laughs) and we he asked me like you know what did you think like now that it's popular to be into that type of thing Mm -hmm. like how do you feel about that because you were like you know in it when you were younger and i think it's fucking cool man i think like if you're into it 
you know, anime is so accessible. You can watch anime on Netflix. Yes. You can stream it anywhere. I think it's really cool. And I think anything that will get your brain like starting to think creatively, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, was I goofy as hell like in high school, middle school and elementary school for drawing weird anime figures and like being into Inuyasha? Yes. <laughs> oh, come on. I Miko was. Takahashi, dude. <gasps> she's, she's amazing. She, dude, my sister has a Ranma. Ranma! Ranma animation cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, my sister has a cell and like it's so cool. I loved Ranma. And then have you ever seen Mermaid Scar? No. Girl, if you get a chance, watch Mermaid Scar. It's just, it's like an OAV. It's, oh. it's just like a one, one-off one kind of like a film. And I, it's very good. Dark. I will watch it. Dark, but good. <laughs> yeah, I will watch it because I love Rumiko. She's so good. Yeah. Are you watching Yashihime? No. I, I've fallen off. Off, man mm. I, I i'm kind of lame because i hear about all these really cool shows and you know graphic novels and stuff I've i don't blame off. you it's hard to jump back in yeah because i stopped watching anime like while i was in the military just because i didn't have time and then mm-hmm. i tried to like get back into it and there's all these other shows that like i hadn't seen but it was like very prevalent and i was like oh man i really missed out mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't know i think like growing up and being made fun of and kind of being goofy as hell like you know whatever i think if you're in anime now live it up now's your time i love <laughs> yeah right like yeah. you are welcome there mm-hmm. are communities like for you and there's some cool merchandise out there you, that is easily accessible you can go into the mall and find some cool stuff yeah hot topic i mean yeah. all the studio ghibli oh, stuff yeah hot topic's not gothic and scary anymore you can actually go in there <laughs> i saw a meme that was like hot topic more like lukewarm topic or something like that <laughs> i used to be so scared of hot topics growing up they used to have that barbed wire like uh-huh. gay it was terrifying <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny because it's so true. <laughs> it but but true. I mean, I walk in there and I'm like, oh my god, they put Princess Mononoke, whatever, whatever. Like, and love so it. much Sailor Moon stuff. So She's much. like on top right now, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it is cool to see, and I'm glad that you have that kind of uh, feeling behind you know it being more mainstream. Because I know some people are like, no, fuck that. You know, we we had to like hide and and meet and talk about this. You know, so I, I think that's super cool. So you were saying that you were drawing every day at this point, mm-hmm. and what were you drawing? Yeah. Okay. So I started. Well, I'll start from the beginning because it's been a, a never-ending drama with me in art. But I started drawing when I was little, little, watching, like, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And my mom would buy me, like, the Pokemon folders, and I would trace that. Wow. You know? Like, six years old, you know? Little, little. And then I just continued to draw. Like, luckily, my mom was super cool, and she used to work at a grocery store, Safeway, in Washington. And they would have, like, 50-cent notebooks, like, ruled paper. And she would bring them home, like, a stack of them. And she'd be like, here, I brought you some notebooks. Like, you can draw or whatever. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Take those back into my dungeon room and like draw for a week straight, you know? It was fantastic. But that's, yeah, that's what I did. I I drew every single day. Um, And that's where I thought, I kind of always thought that I would have like a job in art because that's what I did every single day. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, like when I was 12 or 13, I convinced my parents to buy me a Wacom bamboo tablet, which like back in the day, was pretty hot. Well, yeah, I have no idea what that you is. You could you could draw like on on your tablet. You'd hook it into your computer and you could draw directly. And I used to pirate like Photoshop CS3 for because I got really into digital art. So mm-hmm. I had kind of gotten this fascination with like, oh, I want to be like big time and I want to be able to make professional looking pieces. I was like 13, and <laughs> I hey, convi- you had big dreams, right, dude, totally. And I I convinced my parents to buy me this tablet, and I would sit there all day when i wasn't playing banjo kazooie and i would would draw on this bootleg photoshop cs3 that would like crash every other second because it was bootleg Mm -hmm. and like 
That's what. That's but what I did. love the drive, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you did, you did it. I pirated all of the software, and then um, I had like graduated to a better tablet. You know, maybe I was like fifteen or sixteen, but I was doing digital art, and then I started doing digital commissions. So I was making wow yeah. at thirteen. Like no, I would say maybe like fifteen. Okay, yeah, because still dude, that thirteen year old was rough. <laughs> but I mean, like fifteen, I was I could actually do like commissions. So I was doing commissions, and that was cool. And then I kind of graduated, and then I just kept drawing. And then you know, time just kind of gets away from you. And then the military, and it stopped. But I kind of always intermittently either was beating or drawing or doing some type of creative thing. And uh, I, so I've started trying to post some of my art pieces. On I Instagram. love it; <laughs> they're so good. I've been dabble, I've been dabbling in that, and like, thank the iPad is a is beautiful because it's so easy. I just downloaded a program, and I can create directly on there. I don't have to buy another super crazy expensive tablet. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about that, and now I'm just trying to like create more regularly because art is kind of always my fallback thing, and it makes me feel like it makes me feel good mm-hmm. to draw things. And also, I feel like I got to spice it up on the Instagram, you know. <laughs> I got to break up, you know, the giant anime earrings, you know, every once in a while. So, Well, I, I really like that you've been sharing. And I've noticed that they've been like cowgirls. Oh, yeah. Tell me about this. Kick. Yeah, but like, what? why? You know, I just love it. Uh, well, so I don't know, man. I just like Texas cowgirls. Oh, well, I had a Dolly Parton kick. Mm-hmm. That's where it really started. <laughs> I watched um, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas for like the first time ever a couple months ago. I've never seen it. Dude, it's hype. If you like Dolly, she has some I incredible do. costumes, which is like another phase of my life because I've been, I was also um, making clothes all the time and making quilts. So I have like this whole fabric textile background too that's somewhere woven in. Wow. But, so I was really into like costuming and I also love drag. So I was like, oh, well, I need to watch this movie with Dolly in it because I know she's going to have like the best costume yes so i did and her outfits are top tier so then that got me on like texas cowgirl shit and i started like i don't know i just kind of snowball into things i want to draw and then i was like well why don't i just draw pastel super cute cowgirls i'm gonna do that so i did that <laughs> <laughs> and i mean it, it just comes naturally to you it sounds like well lots of years of drawing mm-hmm. you know oh i definitely wasn't talented <laughs> no i was come on there i mean you see the product now but like growing like i wasn't talented in art growing up i just did it a lot Mm -hmm. until i got good you You know know, i i like that you shared that though because i think a lot of people if they're not good from the get-go although i'm not entirely convinced you weren't but that's fine (laughs) (laughs) commissions at 15 uh but if people aren't immediately good out the gate they get you know they they give it up but Mm -hmm. it's almost like they have to be perfect immediately you know which to me there's no growth there but it sounds to me like you literally just did something that felt really good Mm -hmm. that you enjoyed doing didn't necessarily care if it was something people wanted to buy again i mean even with your earrings you were making stuff for yourself initially yeah yeah and that that's huge because (laughs) it sounds to me like you're staying true to like what you like and the rest just kind of falls into place. Yeah. I mean, in my world, everything is pink and sparkly, you know? So it's just like, if other people are down with that, then they're going to they're gonna enjoy what I'm making. So I just kind of keep trying to make what I want to make. Yes. And that is a big part of it. But yeah, sparkly, man. Everything's got to be pink. <laughs> well, <laughs> but then it's like... You throw stuff on there like uh, like the rabbit fur, like oh, little yeah. pom-poms or um, those the leather tassels. Yes, mm-hmm. I think those are the first ones I ever saw. Um, or the leather tassels. And it's just kind of so unique and just, 
it's eye catching. It's yeah. definitely yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, like you just don't see stuff like that. But I imagine you know people who aren't indigenous probably probably shouldn't be dabbling in that kind of stuff, right? I mean that that would be my mindset behind it because it's so you know sacred to y'all. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, well, you know, that's an interesting subject because I think with my style of beadwork and in the indigenous community, we're all making a similar style. You know, mine is a different flavor. Oh, (laughs) mine is a different flavor. (laughs) Um, But it's all like, if you were to look through the tags, you'll see there's definitely, maybe not like a template, but you can identify when someone's native and making a piece. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, every your normal everyday person probably shouldn't be beading in the way we bead. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a lot about that. And I think it's interesting because I know there's there's beading in all around the world. Yes. I don't know. I think about that a lot. That's an interesting thing to bring yeah, up. Yeah, and it's like I, and it, you know, we're always trying to be like conscientious of what is sacred to other people cultures you know what i mean and like are are we appropriate i'm like speaking for people in general right yeah yeah, well (laughs) are we appropriating you know and i think it's really important to acknowledge you know when you could be potentially and like you know looking to somebody who you know is indigenous and, and see how they feel about it because like you said this is something that's been in your family for generations literally yeah it's not something to be taken lightly i feel yeah I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the right words because I think a lot about the ethics of beadwork all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, it's a hard it's a hard subject because there's beading all over the world. Yeah. I just think there is a signature style for North American indigenous peoples. We have a certain way of beading things, and I think you know, obviously, the stuff I make everybody can wear. Yes, and yeah. I always I wonder that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's an interesting subject too, which you know you can go in the weeds with that. Yeah. But like, anything I make is free reign for people to wear because what I make isn't like a ceremony item. Mm-hmm. It's not regalia. You know, it's something you can wear for fun. And I, anybody listening, please. Anything I make, if I post it, it is safe for you to wear. There's yes. nothing like I'm not going to sell anything that is sacred or important or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I will also say a blanket statement for all the other beaters you find on Instagram. In general, they're not going to sell something that is sacred or they're not going to sell something that is a family design or anything right. like that. We're making pieces, you know, it's fashion pieces, but it's also indigenous. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this, this beautiful mutual like combining of the forces. I love that. That's you a know. perfect way to describe that. And I think, um, I don't know. You know what is really weird is I was following another page who kind of like blasted a Western wear boutique because they started selling these mass produced earrings that looked just like our earrings, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it happens a lot, unfortunately. Well, you know, what blew me away was I had never seen that design like mass produced before. Mm-hmm. So it was like really kind of scary. Like I, I looked at it and I was like, oh man, I've n- I literally have never seen it ever mass produced before. This is the first time. And it really like kind of was jarring. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I feel like if you're out there, if you're in the market looking for that type of stuff, you can easily find an indigenous person who is making it. Yes. And if that's something you're interested, you should go out of your way to purchase it from an indigenous person. Yes. And I'll also say with like silversmithing, because that's like Navajo and Western wear, silversmithing, that's a big thing too. You can yep. find Navajo artisans who are making those pieces. Yes. Don't just buy them from a random boutique. Yes. Because they're 
they could be sourced from anywhere. Mm-hmm. You should go, if you want it, go out of your way to find the right piece, ethically sourced from the right person. <laughs> well, this makes me happy because it's just, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be polite and it's... Uh, Essentially, they're they're knockoffs, right? And I think a lot of times people are—they don't know. I, I think it's a hundred uh, percent thing. Yeah, you know. But it's like nowadays, I think people need to be more conscientious about the choices that they're making when they're purchasing stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think people like go into it being malicious. Yeah, I think they just don't know, which is kind of fair, but also. It takes two seconds to do a Google search. Yeah, it's 2021. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm, I'm with you there. When I saw, so you made daisy chains. Mm-hmm. And some big, like, designer luxury yes. brand. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the this artist, is madness. Yes. So, dude, crazy. The artist, the beater who, like, did commentary for, I can't remember, I think it was Diet Prada had, like, done an interview with this yes. other indigenous woman. Um, and I DM'd her because, like, I already followed her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm making daisy chains. This is, you know, it's it's crazy. This is a funny, like, conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, like, you should definitely upcharge your price, by the way. Yeah, no shit. And, and I was like, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> I just, I thought it was, like, a very interesting thing because the daisy chains are, like, I don't know. There's so many other indigenous communities who are also making it. And that designer knows what they're doing. They just don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just a... You know, and I feel like I had been mostly in the dark up until maybe like a few years ago. And then you're like, you can't believe that stuff like this is going on. I mean, straight up just snatching it from from the dawn of time. Yes. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> that I knew. But then I but then like stuff like this, I'm like, what? Like, like I said, I think a lot of people's eyes are, are being opened up to what's really happening, which is why I think it's so important for, you know, people like yourself to be on here and, and speaking to you know, you know, authenticity and, and just being, you know, mindful of, of uh, when you're you're purchasing stuff like that, because that is tremendous. Uh, so what has been your favorite piece that you have made so far? Your favorite pair of earrings? Oh, that's a really hard question. Are there any that you like think about and you're like, I wish I'd kept those? Yeah, but after that tequila shot, I can't think right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love them all. <laughs> well, you know, I keep a lot of pieces, too. Good. So... There's a piece I made that I really fall in love with. And, like, I'll post photos of it. And then, like, before it launches, I'm kind of like, well, maybe I should just keep those because I like them. Mm-hmm. Which I've done with a couple pairs of earrings. Um, I don't know, man. Some of the, like, I do the shooting star design. I love those. Oh, really? I love them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Obsessed. I do the a... moons, everything. Oh, yeah. The moons are cool. Man, I don't know. I think maybe a pair of shooting stars I would have liked to keep. I don't know. I feel like every time I make a piece, I'm always like, that thought crosses my mind, like, you should keep this. And then I'm like, well. <laughs> Just hoard it for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That thought totally goes through my mind. But, yeah, I don't know. Most of the pieces I have kept. The purple abalone, the really big ones. Dude. I kept those. Those are, you have a pair of green left? They sold. Duh, what, which ones do you have left? Do you have any left? I have a little, like the small pink ones. Okay. God, dude, those green <laughs> ones. And that, that's what I get for sleeping on them. Just whoever's listening, y'all can't sleep on them, okay? Like, <laughs> just, you you have to pull the trigger because I am not joking you. I mean, you sell out in like an hour. Oh, man, the hype is real. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, how does that feel, right? To like open up, to, to and you actually, you do countdowns in your stories for the drops. Mm-hmm. And... How does it feel like when that clock strikes zero and everything's up? 
and it's gone. I don't know, man. It's so hit or miss because I feel like I'm my worst critic. So sometimes if like stuff doesn't sell out within the time frame that I'm thinking of, I really am like down on myself. But it does feel really good <laughs> when things do sell like fast. Um, I just did a drop, not the butterfly drop. Um, I did one recently that sold out within like a couple minutes. Yeah, and I was super happy about that. It was. It's a really good feeling. But I don't make a lot of. I don't make a lot. Yeah. So I think that's part of it too. Is I only make like you know some drops are only like three pieces. Mm-hmm. So. It's hard. It's hard for people to to be able to be on time at the right time to get it. So, but I think that's even cooler, you know? Like there's a demand there because, <laughs> you know, they're they're kind of one of a kind, you know, in in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um They're definitely one of a kind. I don't repeat. I'll repeat general patterns and maybe color schemes, but there's always going to be something different about each pair I do. Mm-hmm. Same with the daisy chains. Like ev- everything I do has to be slightly different. I don't want anybody to have something that's exactly the same. So, there's that. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I mean, it just blows my mind because it's not an easy thing to, you know, to do this bead work. So, I mean, how long on average does it take you to do a pair of earrings? Oh, it really depends because, like, some pieces I'll start and maybe I can get them done within a day. And that's, like, for, well, I don't even fin- I can't even finish one pair of earrings within a day. So, I'll start beading in the morning, work until, like, 9 o'clock, and then... At night? Yeah. And then maybe I'll have one pair done depending on the complexity of it. And then I put them on the buckskin. They have to be glued down in the buckskin overnight. So either way, I can't finish them in one day Mm -hmm. regardless because all of them are going to be prepped for the next day for me to finish. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, a a long time. (laughs) I don't don't count hours anymore because sometimes it's like painful because I'm like, oh man, if I charge hourly, I could probably make a lot more. A lot. (laughs) But... Yeah, and then it just depends because some pieces like aren't that complicated, but I'll start working on it like in the morning and maybe I'll just get distracted or I'm not feeling good and I mm-hmm. work slower. So the piece just won't be done until maybe like two days later. But so. that's to do a pair of earrings. Yeah, it takes a long time. I think I think also some people with the prices have a hard time understanding why it's so expensive, but like you have to understand that it's literally hours and hours and hours. Yep. And you should see some of the beads I work with. They're tiny. Yes. They're so tiny. And I break a lot of needles. Oh, <laughs> it's my. like, it's a lot of work. Well, I would love like, to see like a video of you actually doing it. Like just because I, I can't wrap my mind around how you do it. They just come out so beautiful just oh, perfect you. and you said you like free free form it now yeah well so i draw i draw every piece like a lot of the creative pieces you'll see like the cherries that i did a couple days ago oh my god um i draw them on my tablet first and then i print them out i print them to scale and then i kind of figure out like what colors i'm going to use and then i cut the piece out and i beat on top of that piece of paper that has the design on it mm-hmm. so also that helps me keep things symmetrical so if you buy a pair of earrings they're probably almost perfectly symmetrical Mm -hmm. because i do it that way um oh i just lost my train of thought (laughs) but yeah (laughs) no i mean they're just i they blow my mind every time i see them because you can just tell by looking at them how much work they take and they're not like thank you itty bitty little earrings either they're huge yeah they're jumbo yeah yeah that's the perfect word for them (laughs) they're jumbo I had a girl come um, to the market the other day and she was looking at, cause I brought um, that drop, the butterfly drop I mm-hmm. did recently, the, um, their pressed abalone with beads around them. And I brought them into the people's market just so people could see. And then I also dropped them simultaneously and I had a girl come up and look at them and she's like, oh, these are a lot bigger than I thought they were <laughs> like in the photos. But also I put the measurements on my website. So mm-hmm. if you get a chance, you could look at the website, but they, I don't know, 
they're big just expect them to be big i always make them big <laughs> yeah well like i that just makes them that much more these are not like earrings to like tiptoe around these are like you know what i mean these are statement earrings yeah like, well they're powwow earrings mm -hmm. so that's where the oh. that's where the inspiration came from because if you go to a powwow you wow. watch like a jingle dancer or um a fancy shawl dancer like they're wearing they have they're wearing their regalia but the earrings are big because you're dancing wow, yes you know so that's kind of where the i think that's where the style kind of came from because all of us other beaters on instagram you know we kind of started em emulating the style that you could wear to a powwow i so, love that that's why they're big i love that <laughs> okay so powwow definitely a word that is misused all the time uh no yeah. yes well not by native people nope <laughs> of course, yes of course so what is the what is a powwow a powwow is like um it's a meeting it's like tribes normally will put on a powwow and it's a dance contest in like layman's terms mm -hmm. um you have a bunch of people who come um and they do there's certain categories and you dance in your category and you win prizes and it's it's more it's like a community event and there's normally tribal members there who are vending lots of beadwork you know stuff like that mm -hmm. powwows i don't know that word definitely gets misconstrued but when i'm talking about a powwow i'm talking about like a community event within the tribe mm -hmm. you know and we're having a good time people are dancing there's fry bread and uh there's earrings <laughs> <laughs> no th thank you for saying that because it's a, it's a word that's incorporated into the vernacular and it's just i know i feel like sometimes people think things. it's like a bad word it's not it's not a bad word and used in the right context mm -hmm. you know yeah no i i uh th thank you for clearing that up so favorite earrings that you have made <laughs> that i have seen i'm obsessed with them are the peonies that are like opening oh, up. Oh, yes. Yeah, the peonies and the roses. Is, mm -hmm. that, is that how you say it? Yeah. Peonies? Yeah. Gorgeous. Y'all, they're not available. <laughs> Thank you so much. But go look at her Those Instagram. Those sold out very fast. No, I know. I'm like, I, I I would have, those would have been mine if I had been aware of your, your page at the time. Thank you. Uh, yeah, those are so, so good. So if you ever decide, decide to make another drop, I'm getting them. Uh, so how did you come up with the name Strawberry Moon? <laughs> Uh, my dog is looking through the window right now from the backyard. So it's too much. I love him. <laughs> he's mad. He's mad he's not inside. I know. Um, well, Strawberry Moon, I'm not that creative. So I Googled like what the moon of June was because mm -hmm. when I started the Instagram account mm -hmm. and it was a strawberry moon. And You're I was like, kidding. No, dude, I'm not creative. I love that. <laughs> and also, strawberries are like pink and red. So I was like, oh, that fits. It definitely fits. <laughs> uh, but I disagree that you're not creative. Uh... <laughs> But that, that's actually a really clever way to come up with a name. Mm -hmm. uh, so my sister. Yes. She. Oh, I'm eating a cookie. Um, <laughs> These snacks are incredible. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, my sister is a resin artist. She's an Instagram. She started a little bit later than I did. She's called Blueberry Moon Resin. Because the month she started was called the Blueberry Moon. Are you serious? Yeah. This is too good. <laughs> okay, well, now I have to follow Blueberry Moon Resin. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you for shouting her out. She makes a lot of cute anime stuff. Okay. So if that's your vibe, that's it. No, you, I, like you said, I think you've definitely incorporated, like, the anime inspiration with the, the beating, and it, it has come out perfectly. It's, like, the perfect blend of the, of the two. Like, you, you've nailed Thank it. You. Yes. That's so, the goal. Yeah, you did it. So something else that you did that I thought was really cool is one of your more recent giveaways, you donated the cost of the earrings, and I might be mispronouncing it, Salish School of Spokane? Salish School of Spokane. Salish, Spokane. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that and like why you decided to donate to that specific 
It's well, cool. I mentioned earlier that I think about the ethics all the time of beadwork. So, and it's so funny because Chris like is just in here and I'm complaining about like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be selling my beadwork? Is this ethical? And he's like, yeah, you're fine. So, but one day I was talking to him and I was like, I just feel like I'm profiting off of something that is like a tribal, like I wouldn't be beating if I wasn't native. Mm -hmm. So I had this whole like thought in my brain where I was like, I need to, I have to give back in some form because I'm profiting off of something we've done for hundreds of years. So I, I just need to give back in some way. And I don't live in Washington currently and I can't volunteer my time. So I just thought like what, you know, I can, I can donate money because that, that will, that means something that does something. Mm -hmm. So, and the sailor school is such an amazing thing because they're teaching our tribe, our tribe's language is near death mm -hmm. and the sailor school in Spokane is keeping it alive. And they're teaching so many people and it's a really beautiful thing. I think the last person in my family who can speak Indian is my grandmother. And I think she's losing it because she doesn't have many people to talk to. Exactly. So yeah. the sailor school is keeping it alive and I just felt like there is no better place to donate. You know, my small little donation, it needs to go here. So, and then I thought I'm kind of creeping up on a time to do a giveaway anyways, this is the perfect opportunity. So it just kind of clicked together and I decided to do it that way. Um, but yeah, the sailor school is so cute. They also send me postcards. It's very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's really cute. Yeah. That's a, a well again. Be, okay. So if you hadn't have shared that, I wouldn't have gone and looked it up and seen what it was all about and mm -hmm. realized like, wow, here they are like almost, you know, like pioneers, like trying to get like, hey, we're not letting this go quietly. You know, we're going to, you know, maintain this and make sure it's a part of it, of our culture still. And that is so powerful, like maintaining yeah, the language. A hundred percent, because I mean, I, I don't know for sure when the school was started, but I remember being little and like my grandmother, she didn't have anybody to talk to. She could speak it, but you know, you start, you really do start losing it. And if there's nobody revitalizing it, the sailor school put out dictionaries they did so much groundwork to keep the language alive. It's honestly like, it's incredible. And I feel like I use those resources all the time. I need to give back to them in some way because the resources are available online. So also if you're a Coville community member or tribal member, go look at Sailor School <laughs> and check out the resources online because they have dictionaries, they have um, recorded audio, they tell stories. It's a really beautiful thing. And it's something I, you know, I'm very, very, very grateful for. That is really cool and just so and I love that you're you're constantly aware of, of that you know what I mean you're always thinking about how you can give back to you know that community and your culture and you know what I mean it's not just about you and the business and the earrings per se like you always have them in mind yeah I think it's a must mm -hmm. I mean I just feel like you know you what do you have if you don't have time to spend you're always going to have just a small amount of cash you could donate and I think that's money speaks louder than words sometimes for sure especially for organizations like that and that's what i could do and that's what i'm gonna get i'm gonna do again the next time i do a giveaway so I'm you do quite a lot of giveaways yeah i try to every like um couple thousand of followers i try to do a giveaway <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a lot of followers uh, that sounded bad i do no, not have no, a lot no, of followers no. it didn't it didn't sound bad but i love it you're like oh you know but uh, that's fantastic because that goes to show people are recognizing oh shit like look what this girl's doing because it's badass like, oh that's cool yes but then you give back you know what i mean like that's it's a really cool like uh, i feel like circle. it's the bare minimum responsibility to do to just to do something like 
it's so easy just to think of some way to give back and even for like local people if there's a way you can think of to give back i think you should totally do it and pull the trigger because you'll feel better it just is better for the community i'm all about it i can tell because like I, I yeah i mean i'm looking at your instagram page i'm like you've done quite a few giveaways i mean i jumped on late you know but yeah i i have some plans too like i, I think i was talking to you before we got on the podcast about just like um maybe doing like a lower income or lowering my prices or some way because i've really been thinking about that because there's a lot of tribal members who are on reservations who don't have good internet connection Mm -hmm. and uh you know basic stuff like that where they're just not going to be able to it's not accessible to them and like i'm making beadwork for the people so i feel like maybe either incorporating some type of sliding scale or just doing something to make it easier for tribal members to have access to it. It's yes, I, to do. I love that. I really do. Thank you. Yes, I really, really love that. Yeah, I think about that stuff all the time, man. It's like a mental turmoil. Of what do I need to do? I need to do better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like you said, you're your own biggest critic. And I think you need yeah. to you need to uh, give yourself a break and really, uh, you know, applaud yourself, which I know can sound like a mm. foreign concept. But I mean, you're, the fact that you're thinking about it, you know, and acting on it says a lot. You know, I, I just want you to realize that. I feel it's my duty to tell you <laughs> that you're doing amazing. I think my brain just stops when people like praise me in any way. And it's just like, what are you, you talking were about? just looking at me like, <laughs> yeah, just I think, stop. <laughs> but uh, I, I really appreciate it. I think it's cool. I got to get better at accepting compliments. I have a hard time doing that. I don't know why. A, that's a, how it is. a lot of people do. I mean, so what does your family think about what you've been doing? Well, um, so my dad passed away, but my mom, I think is I'm just, sorry to hear that. Oh, it's okay. I mean, it was a while ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my mom, I think is, uh, she thinks it's cool. I just think because we don't live in the same city, it's harder for her to like conceptualize what I'm doing. Um, but I, she's supportive, you know, she does her, she does her best from far away, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Chris, my husband is my number one hype man. Oh, that's that dude awesome. is always hyping me up and always making me feel good about stuff because I am my number one worst critic and I complain to him all the time about how I'm not doing enough. And he's like, shut up, you're doing enough. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best kind of partnership, you know, where they, they keep you even keeled. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. I'm like a ball of stress and he's like very mellow. It's the corpus you know. vibe. Yeah. <laughs> You'll he, get there. He's, yeah. I need, I really need to get on that page because I'm just like always like, oh my God. <laughs> is the house gonna stay up <laughs> you know like and chris is very just like it's gonna be okay you're fine think it through you know that type of thing so that's cool i'm really happy i have him and also his family's here and they're very supportive mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's uh you have made quite a name for yourself i feel in like the short amount of time that you've been here thank you yes with your really <laughs> unique pieces and then of course like just your attitude about everything i mean just the shout outs that you've been giving this entire podcast and you know the the support that you're giving i mean i'm telling you like you are our people like Ooh, for sure you. uh so do you do custom orders uh i don't do customs i did for like a second mm-hmm. i just think it's it's hard because i feel like with customs people look at my past work and they want me to recreate a past item yes and which i understand that's that's fair mm-hmm. i just don't feel sometimes i don't feel 100 percent comfortable doing that and i'm always gonna have to change it in some way anyways mm-hmm. so and also i don't really have the time because i try to do i was gonna say how in the world could you do that <laughs> with it taking two days to make yeah, a pair of earrings it's hard and then like also yeah it's just it's a little bit too too much and also i feel like if i did customs more full-time it just would not creatively i think it would really mess me up mm-hmm. because i have to just i'll make something i'll draw it out i'll print it out and then i'll beat it and i have to just be able to make what i want to make yes and whether people like it or not just kind of how it goes but if you're telling me to make something, then it's, it feels more like a like a chore. Yep. And like, this is my job, but also it's just a different level. Yep. You know what I mean? 
So I think eventually maybe I'll do like a very small amount of customs and I'll do like a, I don't know, some type of announcement, but we'll see in the future. <laughs> Currently that is not on the plate. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. And you're not the first person I've had on that has said that about customs. Yeah. Like, yeah. That it's that exact feeling, Yeah, you know, that you're ma- not, not that you don't like making things other people enjoy, but it can turn into like an unenjoyable experience pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's not uncommon, you know. So, and, and I'm glad that you shared that because I think a lot of people, when they want something custom, aren't really thinking about the artist. They're thinking about what they want. Totally, which is which is fine. But I, also, I feel like they don't really know what they want either. They just mm-hmm. they want to see a piece from your old catalog and they want you to recreate that. Yeah. Because that's that's all they they've seen and they know they like that. So yeah. That's what they want, and like which is fine. That's fine, but also that's <laughs> just creatively that kind of puts a hiccup in the process. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I really like that you're looking at it from a creative perspective because that's what makes these really amazing one of a kind pieces is that creative uh, approach to it, as opposed to one where you know you're trying to it, it's purely for profit. You totally. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So that's that's big, and I'm glad that you shared that. And so, what's next? for strawberry moon beads i don't i don't know um maybe just i've always wanted to have a brick and mortar um i've thought a lot about trying to branch out some way and doing that but it's kind of a hard far away dream Mm -hmm. um but yeah just continuing to create and make really cool stuff and showing up at markets and meeting more people that's definitely all my goals and making my website a little bit more fleshed out. I'd like Mm -hmm. to have inventory on there for people to actually purchase. Yes. And not just go on the website and be like disappointed. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed, but that made me all the more like determined. It's it's a little sad. So I feel like I'd like to have, I need to put some work into making the website more fleshed out and have ready available pieces for people all the time. Mm -hmm. So that is the goal currently. And so do you have any pop-ups coming up on schedule? No, man, I'm so awkward. I need to hit some people up because I don't even know where to start. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like with the ones I did sign up for, it was like a very by the book process, like submit an application, Mm -hmm. pay the vendor fee, that type of thing. So I feel like I just need to meet people and be like, hey, can I just, can I show up? Can I do the pop-up? Yeah. And that's just part of like, I guess, networking Mm -hmm. with the Corpus locals. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt you'll be doing that (laughs) very soon. Uh, so any advice for people who are considering making jewelry, you know, as their, their business, what would you say to them? I would say do it, do it, do it. If you, if you feel it, if you are confident, you should do it. And, uh, you'll probably be successful if you're in it for, you know, the right reasons, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, do it. It's hype. (laughs) (laughs) carly thank you so much for having me over for feeding me for introducing me to your dogs thank you for moving to corpus and choosing to share like your amazing beadwork with us by the way guys it's not just beadwork i didn't even get to bring up the her uh laser cut stuff oh yeah um really (laughs) incredible uh so go to her instagram it's at strawberry.moon.beads yes uh, on instagram and from there there's a link to her website put alerts on for the drops i'm telling you right now actually maybe don't because then you're gonna get in the way of things that i want but seriously go check out her stuff it's fun it's beautiful it's bright um like nothing i've ever seen down here and uh carly i can't wait to see what you do next oh thank you so much thank you for having me on